But I think for me, the worst thing I did, I had an S curl in middle school. Wow. Uh, yeah, the kick. Yeah, man, I had the S curl. The, the, the blue jaw, put it in there, wait for it to start burning a little bit, rinse it out. But I was copping off my cousin Fred, man, so I looked up to him at the time. Did you not laugh from the street? I looked. I looked. <laughs> Apparently not. You gotta be a robot. <laughs> <laughs> Dang man, but that I look at some pictures. Well, I think I got rid of all the pictures now, but uh, I look back on pictures now. What up? What up? What up? This is your boy Ferg. Um, bringing to you a special podcast of Three Brothers No Sense. We are here in Mobile, Alabama, our hometown, joined with my co-hosts, Buff and Rozzy. And we got a room full of people that are special, near and dear to our hearts. So if you hear laughing, screaming, or Rozzy getting slapped in the back of the head during the podcast, you'll know why. I hope that happens, too. It's probably going to happen. <laughs> so, fellas, uh, tell me what's on your mind. Well, <clears throat> I learned I don't know how to pack anymore, man. Um, when Tab and I went to LA, dude, we made like four trips to Target. I was like, damn, I left my toothbrush. So we walked to Target, came back. Damn, I ain't bring my charger. <laughs> Had to go back. I wanted to go to the gym. I ain't bring my running shoe. Man, we literally, she's at one point, she said, I'm not going back with you. You go ahead. <laughs> and then this trip, I thought I had left my toothbrush, deodorant, and all that stuff. So we went to Walmart, got it. Guess what I found today? <laughs> my toothbrush and deodorant. But I left my shoes and I wanted to wear to the club tomorrow. So I just have figured out I don't know how to pack no more, man. Right? So you just know. always going to be forgetting. But you know, you can do a packing list, right? I'm not doing those. <laughs> go ahead, Roger. <laughs> but, but they help. Check, checklist. Can you help. go ahead, Roger? <laughs> <laughs> well, go ahead. We know what you're about to start yeah, with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to start by apologizing to my wife. <laughs> like a fourth episode. We interrupt our regular scheduled program to let you guys know that, um, there was a whole lot of discussion between now and when we resume. And Orazio's apology was so bad, we had to cut it out. That's how bad it was, guys. So um, now we'll return you back to our regularly scheduled program. Wait, I'm sorry, wait. baby. Jen, <laughs> <laughs> he is drinking. So we are in the great city of Mobile. So I want to start with thanking Hart's Chicken for supplying this uh, nutritious and delicious meal that we're um, partaking in. You'll love our chicken. Yeah, it says you'll love our chicken. So this is the first time I've had Hart's in probably probably 12 to 15 years. Um, it's spicy. Robert uh, Johnson is the president. Robert Johnson who? The BET Robert Johnson? Nah, Bob Johnson? Yeah, it's it says Robert Johnson president. Dog, you know how many Robert Johnsons are in the world? <laughs> <laughs> we probably graduated with a Robert Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm googling that after this show. Um, but I'm just glad to be here. Glad to have everybody around and looking forward to this weekend. Uh, we've been hanging out, kicking it, and the party's really just beginning. So, um. If you hear background noise, once again, that's our family, our loved ones. We're being recorded by a live studio audience. Oh, yeah. I think that's a disclaimer or something like that. Was I'm supposed to say that? I don't know. We I just know applause sign or nothing. To that. I can edit that in. Don't worry about that. <laughs> um, oh. oh. Are you serious? 
<laughs> and I'm not editing that out. Yeah, right? That was disgusting, Rocky. That was the heart. That was the heart. My body's not used to this greasy. Um, deliciousness. Wow. That you may or may not hear that later. But um, man, let's go ahead and pay some bills. Let's do it. We're back. Three brothers, no sense. Uh, my favorite part of the show. We could ask some questions. We're going to change it up a little bit today. So this question is kind of open to the room since we are in the great city of Mobile, Alabama. And we most of us in here grew up in the city. Uh, we had our ups and downs in Mobile. And so we're about to go to our 20-year class reunion. I look back at some of the pictures from 20 years ago, and I ain't going to lie. We had some horrible styles in the 90s. And so my question is going back to think about that horrible style you had. What was probably the worst style or thing you did that you were kind of like, I hope my kids never see this picture? Luckily, we know somebody did not have silver boots, so you're not in that. So we're going to exclude the silver boots. Yeah, we're just That's still put that on my wife. <laughs> so yeah, but silver boots were a horrible style. It was you though. No, it was not you. So, so I don't know if this was a style or if this was just or a fad. us a fad in, in while we were in LaFleur. But at one point, we had a contest to see who could be more wrinkled. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. We would like literally put our clothes under the bed, wrinkle them up and everything, and throw them on to see who could be more wrinkled. I don't know if y'all remember that or not. <laughs> I was like, that was geeks. It was like, oh, now we're geeks. I was like, we're us. Because it was just, because when we stopped, um, we had to wear uniforms. By senior year, it's kind of like. This was senior year, right? No, was it senior year? Yeah, it was senior year. Okay, by the end of the year, we kind of like, man, y'all was pretty. I don't think it was the style. It was more or less y'all was trying to see who cared the less. Yeah, by how yeah. look because they was done with school and checked out. Yeah, and, and, and so that, that that was a fad that kind of came through. Oh, and now y'all are, y'all are introduced to Mobile. Y'all hear them beats in the background, man. just beating down the block. Okay, how old I get? I still want a seventy-five Chevy Caprice with fifteen. Still want that. Bro. Well, I'm going to mine then. I remember Larry Johnson, circa what, 1994, 95, and he had that part down in the, the middle. middle. Yeah, yeah. Man, I thought that was the loudest thing in the world, but my barber, <laughs> I think, was either like cross eyed or something, and I could oh, never man. get my part <laughs> So it was always crooked just a little bit. <laughs> and so, like, we tried different things. We would try to, like, give me a piece of chalk and throw a draw in there, or, <laughs> you know, take my finger to try to. Never. And um, that was. That was horrible, man. I look back on that as like, baby, would you have dated me with that little part of my head? Probably not. Thank you. You didn't even think about it. So. I mean, <laughs> these are 90s babies, ain't it? So, yeah. so this, this question we reminds you... We've <laughs> This question reminds you of the stress of being black. Because I don't think white people really follow fashion trends and stuff like that, do they? Yeah, they do. They, they do. It's just they have different trends. Uh, like khaki shorts and both shoes for but you two like, decades, man. <laughs> the, uh, like, the nineties, they had the grunge style and the goth and all that stuff. You know, we had well, the goth kids at the. I don't know what white people did. That's that's Sherman. You just heard that. Um, it's a lot of bad things we did back in the day. Uh, rat tails. That was awful. But I think for me, the worst thing I did, I had an S curl in middle school. Wow. What? Uh, you had a kick? Yeah, man, I had the S curl. The, the, the blue jaw, put it in there, 
wait for it to start burning a little bit, rinse it out. But I was copping off my cousin Fred, man. So I looked up to him at the time. Did you not learn from the, <laughs> the street? I looked. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not. You got to be a robot. <laughs> <laughs> Dang man, but that I look at some pit. Well, I think I got rid of all the pictures now, but uh, I look back on pictures and I was like, man, that was that was pretty bad. Plus, Deion Sanders had one at the time. I looked up to him, so that was it. Oh. And also, man, I look at how baggy our jeans were back then too. Like that was awful. Yeah, um, and at one point that was even before high school and everything. When Chris Cross came out, did y'all ever do the backwards pants no, at all? My mom let me do that. I, I did the backwards pants. You did one time. Yeah, yeah. So when you had to go piss, you had to pull. Yeah, I had to pull up your pants all the way down. Pull your pants all the way down. Let's not forget the starch. Oh, starch! Oh man, yeah. pants yeah. stay straight yeah. up. Man, that was spend money on the cleaners. And what was the name of it? The, in, the, in the blue bottle? Oh, stay float. Stay, stay float. Yeah, you had to have it. Yeah, it was so, you didn't even have to spray stay float. Eventually, you started getting like the concentrate. Like, yeah. I had a, I had a, I had an first day spray bottle. Freshman year, you BSing? I had my, I had my, my khakis under the bed. I ironed them the night before. I wanted to be crisp. I put them under the bed. It ain't work. They wrinkle as hell. I had to start back from scratch. Yeah, your bed, your bed ain't gonna uh, keep them straight. I mean, you know, in high school, so when we had out of uniform day, were we, were we showing up with the crease in the jeans? Yeah, yeah, that was still high school. Yeah, that was definitely high school. Yeah, out of uniform day, where you pay money to wear your own clothes to school. <laughs> but man, I, I'm, I, I like, you know I, I like uniforms though. Um, no, nah, like Cooley even talked about it back in the day uh, on his he episode. Did. He talked about it. Like it took so much oh, pressure off. Uh, <laughs> I, it took pressure off me. I didn't have to think about what I was gonna wear in the morning. Oh, yeah. I got up, I put my khakis and my white shirt on, and the biggest thing was like, do I want to wear my Tims today or do I want to wear my bass today? Like that was really the biggest thing for what shoes? Pair shoes? Yeah, I had two pairs. <laughs> right? Yeah, so, <laughs> I was done. <laughs> We had some quiet people in the back because we had two uh, fashionistas during high school. Yes, you oh, were. yes, you were. Yes, you were. Yeah, Erica, Erica and um, you know, Tab over there. I was like telling about Tab's kids. <laughs> Tab's kids. Come on up to the mic. Cool. Let's tell them about Tab's kids. <laughs> should, I, should I let him do this? He's about to talk about my. He's been my drinking. Life. I don't know. <laughs> So we used to all go out together to the movies and different places or whatnot on the weekends. And I know all of you who haven't had the pleasure of meeting Tabitha, but you know, she's, she's small and especially in high school, she was very small. You know, she was short, little petite girl, but she used to wear these kegs. <laughs> and so they were very flat. <laughs> so they were super long. Her little baby's big legs. And I, I remember, still make heads. I remember, yeah, I, I still remember the day we walked up because you hadn't gotten there yet. So I walked up and she was standing in the mirror at first two there. And uh, the girl I was dating hadn't arrived yet. Because, you know, this is back in the day when you ain't supposed to be dating. So I'm going to the movies with Byron. And Byron's <laughs> going to the movies with me. And Tab's going to the movies with uh, another close associate of ours. And, you know, we all got together. Yeah. yeah. And so I walk up and I look and I'm like, Tab. 
<laughs> What's wrong with your feet? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if y'all remember this cartoon, but he's like, you're like Bobby's world. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. We gotta Google that thing. Bobby World, bro. Yeah. Every time I sound so I say, you got them Bobby World shoes. What's crazy is she actually had like a pair of Charles Barkley's and other shoes that she, she chose to wear those. So, so it worked out. Yeah. And, and like most of the fashion styles for the guys, we, we other than like being baggy, it wasn't that out there. No, but, but the just, ladies but had up. some crazy styles back then. Oh, yeah. Okay, what y'all say? That French roll was dope in the night. He had the curl. She was dope. Oh man, we had the snowmobile tees. Like wife beaters. Wife. Oh, tall tees. No, but we tall tees one then and then it was just regular t-shirts and wife beaters. Yeah. We would go anywhere. Tall tees coming down to you. Yeah, but wife beaters in the nineties, you was you was special. Yeah, yeah. You had to have a crew. I don't know what they talking about. Like we don't wear wife beaters now. No, but like I actually have one a wife beater. No. But you know, like it'll be like it'll be maybe that was like a like dudes that showed up to the to the skate ring. White beater. That's part of their outfit. Like you have a white beater and accessories, young Garrison. Of course. White beater was a thing back in the day. Well, you know, people just got smart. Yeah, you were you were the king of the white beater. No, I mean like Yeah. Like Fifty Cent had the white beater like owners got smart. Like if you come to the skating rink in your white beater uh, the club in your tennis shoes. You a little bit more like it you to buy some extra like this. You said you already set. You just waiting for go. What did you go to? Did they have a sign on the door that said you can't have on the white beater? I don't know. I just went to the hearts right down the street. Okay. You went to one where? Oh, yeah. yeah, the one in Pritchard. That, that, they won't let you in with a white beater. Yeah, matter of fact. We went to the upscale. <laughs> the upscale hearts. <laughs> I knew it was in the hood. We saw a pregnant dog just rolling around. I'm like, damn. Was it a chow? I've been all around the world. I've never seen a chow out like that. Do they even make chows? So, the young man, speaking of style, the young man that uh, made fun of my bobos. <laughs> Has just walked in. <laughs> Slim G. What's up, man? He ain't paying us no attention. He's looking at wives and ladies and all that stuff. Oh, that's shot glass. All right, we just took a little break, man. I ain't even much of a lot. Cuddy, Cuddy interrupted him. Yeah, we just lost half our crowd to run. To make a liquor run. That's even though somebody just That's how important our podcast is to him. Like, uh, we're going to get liquor. We're yeah, it happens. <laughs> but we, we're, we're all of age and we drink safely and responsibly and all that good stuff. Uh, uh, Sometimes. Who, who's question? Who's up next? It could be me, I guess. Hold on. Did y'all comment on y'all? Because y'all were fashionistas. I don't want to go back away from that, though. Erica, I feel like you got to sit home every other out of uniform day. 
I've never really got sent home, but I probably should have. I'm going to have it inappropriate. Okay, I feel like you got sent home. We can, we can, we can agree to this. Were you intentionally pushing the envelope, or that just was you? That just is who I was. I probably was a tad bit thrown and didn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> it was very hard for me to keep clothes on. It's like I was wearing like cat suits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basketball games. <laughs> yeah, we, we remember. <laughs> <laughs> Myself and like navigating, you know, the world I was in. I don't know if they can pick what of what she's saying. You're probably gonna get in trouble. So, Larry Coolie walked out. You just sounded a little too, you know. You want me to take it or you got it? You got it, man. You got it. All right. So, um, we all have, I, I would assume by now, jobs that we like or love. I mentioned how I like my job. Uh, but coming up, you know, when you're 16 and you get that first job up until now, is there any job you had that you quit and did you quit in a disrespectful way? <sighs> no, nah, I was actually a pretty good guy. I just never really. Oh, so you gave a two week notice and. Shook the manager's hand. Thank you for the opportunity. No, it's not showing up disrespectful. What you think? (laughs) (laughs) What do you you think? (laughs) Okay. So, was it Dale Sims? And (laughs) I don't think, you know what? I think my first two week notice. It came 2009 when I quit killing bullets. <laughs> I've been working since I was 16. I don't think I gave it to you since I was 28. Um, the other chance, I just, I think I just went to the, I just went to basic training. Yeah, you just, I just left. I just left. Um, when, <laughs> when Dixie, I think I just, I just, I, I just stopped showing up. Bevo's was kind of a, this, these are my high school. Okay. Bevo's, I worked there for a minute, and um, you know, I didn't even know I had a schedule. I just showed up. <laughs> like I was working for like two, three months. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> show up, yeah. And I just, um, yeah, I just kind of showed up, and I guess I left when Dixie to go to Bebo's. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got tips and computer chicks there. I was so jealous of you guys working at Dale Shells because it was like you, Hooley. Was Wendell there? Yeah, I was there. I was so, I said, man, that that had to be so fun. Yeah, we had a blast. Yeah. Yeah, I was jealous of that. Until that hurricane. Remember we were pushing buggies in a hurricane yeah, trying to get them back. They were like going down airport and we had to like <laughs> run down airport to get them and catch them and bring them back in. Yeah, so they, they had us out there looking. Yeah, that was cheap labor. That yeah. was slave labor. Yeah, we were still on. We were on. Uh, we started off with that with the three month probationary period, so they didn't have to pay us as full time workers. I think we were making four fifty an hour or something mm-hmm. like that. So we didn't even make minimum wage. But that hundred and twenty dollars we got every uh, week. Definitely made our lives. That was it. That's all you need. We were yeah. balling with that. Yeah. So, for me, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. I've never like. I've never just like walked out. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Actually, of course. Oh, oh, here we go. And this is actually kind of when I quit the army. I just quit. <laughs> I just learned this last night, yeah. by the way. I just, I just, I just, I just stopped showing up. <laughs> you did. I was, I was going through some things. I was. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, you, can't. you can't. You can't. <laughs> you can't. Luckily, I had been so great 
prior to that, then my unit's like, you know what? It is what it is. Do what you got to do. But I just, I just stopped showing up. I actually didn't know my last date. Uh, I don't know when I actually officially left the army. It was just kind of like, yeah, I'm kind of over this. Moved to Houston. Uh, what I was talking about last episode, I moved to Houston, kind of left things behind. and I was trying to start over new. And next thing I know, the army was like, because I've been in the army since 98. And this is, you know, 12 years later in 2010. I was kind of just over all of it. And I just, I just quit. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, but I still got you, you, you should tell that story to the VA. You might be able to get some disability for that. Like uh, that, that's a, a part of PTSD, like avoidance. And so you can probably get some type of disability for that. So talk through that part. I missed the responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it's been hard because I've really only had four jobs ever. Um, so I work Dell Shamps. I work Office Max. Um, and then I worked a work study. And then I've been at BBVA for 19 years now. So, you know, I've been working for that company for the same time. So definitely didn't uh, walk out on that one. Um, But my work study, I felt like it wasn't a real job. So it really didn't count. But I remember my my work study job, I I was biology pre-med. And so I was working in a lab. And just doing autoclave, that type of stuff, cleaning out uh, stuff. And they were doing research on cancer cells. And they had like this real big test that was coming up. And so they needed all everything clean. Everything had to be ready to go for this test. And I was just like, yeah, see this thing called Dragon Ball Z? Um, the series finale is coming out on Tuesday. <laughs> so... <laughs> Make this. So you can you can cure cancer. So I literally, <laughs> I literally no showed so I could watch the series finale or the season finale of Dragon Ball Z. Was it good? Yeah. It was it was so good, man. It was it was the it was the cell saga when no man so good for for a split second. And this might have been your shortest job. I don't know how you quit when you were EMT. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that one, I mean, that wasn't disrespectful though. Like, um, I, I, you see, I, you see, I don't even think about it. I only worked there two weeks. Yeah, yeah, I only worked there a couple of weeks. So, um, it. So after we got out of AIT, you know, we were EMTs, we were medics, and so that gives you an EMTB license. So when I got back, I joined the uh, ambulance service. Worked there, got through my in-processing and everything. I worked on the ambulance for maybe a week. And during that time, I had a little kid die on me while I was there. And so I I literally was like, I'm done. I'm not coming back. I, and not only did I quit the job, I changed my entire major from pre-med <laughs> to business. I was like, I am not dealing with that ever again. And so... And then you go to war. How did and you- then I go to war. And it, it, it actually... It's weird, but it made me find out or made me figure out that you can, I hate to say get used to it, but you can, you get used to it. You do kind of become numb to the situations and, and everything as you go. So, um, time, I, out, time out. That was so, that was so sweet. That was, that was so well, horrible. Actually, they didn't, the audience yeah. didn't even have to know. They know they that, should. That, that was so no, sweet. No, they're super sweet. So they're, they're really, see, but that's, Rise, you should learn from that. 
I, I should. <laughs> <laughs> so he hasn't said anything that got him in trouble. <laughs> he was I'm, in the- <laughs> I'm, I'm sweet. I just I, I have no filter. He was and- in the middle of a story. And you had to, and it was a heartfelt story too. Yeah, we were talking man. about war, but y'all, y'all just got to no. start kissing. <laughs> we didn't start kissing. It was like okay. he touched your leg like at least fifty times, just like just oh, the seat. Like, that's right. What's what's, what's like, Tab's love like? Oh, Do you know? Is it is it touch or is it gifts? The listeners, uh, if you don't know about the love languages, um, what is it? Five, seven uh, love language, five. five love languages, um, and so. Go, Byron. What's, what's the love language? What? Uh, I don't know. Mr. Oh. Manchie, you don't know your woman's love language? See, the, 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 what we just well, did there, that kind of what stuff. Five? Okay, so um, if I'm, this is off the top of my head. It's touch, time, gifts, gifts oh. um, acts of service, acts of service time. and words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. Thank you, ZZ. Got it. Words of affirmation. So Fur better know ZZ's because she knows them. Oh, so, so I'm going to go with words word. of affirmation and time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. She loves spending time with you, man. Yeah. <laughs> she loves spending time with you. Not you love spending time with her. Like, <laughs> really she loves she loves spending time with me. It's like this. Like, I don't mind. Like, I'll travel somewhere by myself if I have to. She's like, I, I really want you to come and all that kind of stuff. So she, it's definitely time. That's understandable if that's not his love language. Yeah. 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 I think mine is like affection. Touch. Yeah. Touch. Yeah. yeah. Which is why you touched her multiple yeah. times. It's like, and that, that's I what happens a lot of times. Said, yeah, yeah, that's what happens a lot of times is, uh, is most people give their love language yeah. instead of figuring out their spouse's love language mm-hmm. and giving their spouse's love language. It's crazy because we went to Michigan last year for Thanksgiving and my aunt pointed it out. She was like, uh, you know, you guys are just so in love. And we was like, what are you talking about? But that's what we do all the time. And so it just, it kind of, I don't know, it just kind of made us realize we that, are we that gay, touchy, feely couple? Hey, 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 hey. That's not, that's not literally correct like, for this show. Oh, yeah, that's 20 right. acres, that's well, pretty dope. Well, listen, I mean, I apologize. That. <laughs> anyway, okay. you were in the middle of the story. Did you want to finish your story? My my story is it's fine. It's fine. I, I, it took I, a dark turn, by the way. It, it, it did, but that that's what happened though. It, it, I, I literally walked away from a lifestyle, and 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 you know everybody on the the listeners might not know, but they always talk about how smart I am, blah 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 blah. But. So I, I was actually MSAP, so I was already accepted in the medical school, medical school going into my freshman year of college. Like, that's how on track I was to be a doctor and to walk away from all of that. It That's how, like, mind-blowing that instance was for me. Um, and so to be able to transition and go to war and have to do it, there was all kind of anxiety. Like, I was really worried about that because I, am I going to deal with this and everything? And so those were the hardest moments where when kids would come into the uh, the ER or into the triage section, um, those, those were really hard, man. And, and that is a lot of what led to the PTSD and anxiety and everything and the first, else. The first patient we lost was a uh... Like a two or three year old yep. girl who had was a snake bite victim, mm-hmm. and um, it was like really tough for one of our guys because he had just had a daughter prior to leaving. Cookie, Cookie, yep. We call him Cookie. He's the hink offer. <laughs> so before I pick up, were your parents disappointed? 
Thank you, Jay. Oh, my dad. My dad was heartbroken. Um, he wanted a doctor. Like, you know, that, that whole immigrant thing and pushing your kids to be doctors, that, that is literally what it was. And so for me to walk away where I had a clear path to become a doctor, um, it, yeah, he was very disappointed, very heartbroken. Uh, and I had to explain to him what was going on and that I could make a living. Because that, that usually a lot of times with the immigrants, it's not necessarily that I, I, I want a doctor. It's that they want you to have a comfortable life and they want you to make money. And that's all they kind of know is those high profile jobs, doctor, lawyer, whatever. And so they push you to those. And I had to explain to them, look, I can make just as much in business. I can make a good living, really good money in business. Uh, and I had to explain all that to him. And, and I've done well. Uh, he finally got his doctor in GG. She's in medical school now. So yeah, he is happy. Yeah. So, that's true. Yeah, that's she, true. She, she did it for him because uh, I couldn't do it. Yeah, that medical field is tough. Like, uh, I think that's kind of mine was the opposite. I was scared that I was going to become desensitized. Yeah. Like, I didn't mind the, like, uh, I like the adrenaline rush. I love trauma. I love what we were doing. But it was just to the point, it's like, to survive in that world, you have to become desensitized. Yep. And that was my biggest fear. Like, I'm, I'm not a very affectionate person, but I'm a very loving person. And I felt like I didn't want to lose that part of me. And I think um, when my PTSD kicked in, I remember being in um, Tallahassee, falling asleep, watching CNN, and a helicopter had just crashed in Iraq. And you know how you fall asleep listening to something and your dream takes over where you left yep. off? Yep. So I had this dream where, like, I was a medic on duty. It was like one helicopter, two or three patients. And I'm, I have my aid bag. I'm doing what I do. And I look up and it's now it's five patients. Start doing what I do. Ten patients. Look up. Next thing I'm like, I'm surrounded and my aid bag's empty. And I was just like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a moment I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. So I was, uh, that was the moment I decided that I think I wanted to get out the medical field. Cause I, I graduated a degree in biology and could have went to med school, but. Uh, for what I just didn't want to go back to school because that was taking too long. But uh, to all the people in the medical field, that's all to you because that's a tough world. Yeah, man. You, know, that, that, you see some things, you experience some things, and to uh, I think their suicide rate and depression rate in the medical field is extremely high because you you are introduced to things daily that the average person might see once or twice in their life. You know, so I always, say, take, I always say I learned something about you guys, man. That. Learning why you change fields, learning now just doing the show what you got. But that did turn awfully dark uh, for such a light question. So I'm gonna, <laughs> what was it? What was the question? What was the question? What was the question? I mean, I want to lighten this back up. So, oh, leave it. Have you have your love? Yeah, yeah. Have you quit your job? How you quit so, I asked this question because I, I, the way I quit Sam's, in my opinion, was legendary. So. <laughs> Uh, Sam's Club, you know. Did you walk out and do the uh, just like Costco uh, and BJ's? <laughs> so I did some wild stuff at Sam's first off, from trying to see who could kick a Gatorade bottle on top of the roof. Uh, remember, this is like while customers are because we worked outside in the parking lot. You know, we would um, play football out there while like during work hours. <laughs> My wife over here mumbling. So. Um, they they fired my best friend <clears throat> like a month pre- prior to me quitting. Uh, my best friend Sharif, they fired him, so the job was no longer fine. So I was kind of checked out anyway. But I wanted Fat Tuesday off. For those of you who don't know, Fat Tuesday is the big Mardi Gras day because we had all planned on going to New Orleans, and so they didn't give me the day off. So I just took the day off. So I didn't show up to work, even though I was on schedule to work. But we had a cooler because we were going to be drinking on our way there, and we need a big bag of ice. Guess who has a good big bag of ice? 
for a good price. Same. <laughs> so we went there and got ice and got beer. And they was busy as hell that day. <laughs> they, everybody was stressed out. The manager said, Byron, aren't you supposed to be working today? I said, oh, yeah, you're right. I pulled out my cell phone. I said, let me call in real quick. <laughs> <laughs> so I called in in front of him. That dude wanted to swing on me. That dude wanted to swing on me. That was disrespectful. I said, so <laughs> that pretty much... Let them know that I was done. I knew I couldn't come back. So I didn't like quit, but I don't know if you could say I quit or I got fired. But either way. It was a compliment. Yeah, I was, I was done, man. You won, man. You won. <laughs> they was heated, man. So that's how I quit. That's why I asked that question, man. Like, yeah, nobody else has that kind of story. <laughs> I just stopped showing up. But. Besides that, other than that, I'm other jobs. I, How'd you quit McDonald's? I feel like you. They. I felt like you were the Calvin of uh, the. Uh, Mex- the McDonald's. <laughs> I just stopped. I just. I got another job. I told them. I, I got. I they cry. I feel like because you. Were, <laughs> I'm like you. Were, that's you why. Were. That's why I quit sales like that because I was working sales and McDonald's at the same time. So I was like, I still got McDonald's. I can just tell them to put me back on full time. So you were cheating on McDonald's for sales. They knew though. I told them. You know. <laughs> Roger, can you please take over the next question? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you see like so, for my my question, oh, I wanted to finish up the love language thing though. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Fer, your your wife's love language. What do you remember? So that? she is uh, words of affirmation first and foremost. Yeah, that's not main one. Main one, and then she's just very affectionate. So touch, physical touch, she's yeah. very loving, and, which is exact opposite of me. <laughs> so it's a it's a challenge. You were going down the path saying that people usually show by doing their love language, which she definitely does, and it's a challenge for me because my love language is so different from hers that it just you know. But I think the key is trying to at least improve. I'll never be, I'll never love her the way she. She not that she needs, but like I'll never be a affectionate uh, words of affirmation like guru. But I try to get better. I'm getting better uh, slowly, hopefully. Serious, serious question. Rising, rising. Has anyone ever taught you how to eat fried chicken? <laughs> no. I mean, I, 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 I wasn't finished though. I just I got I got sidetracked. So, oh, so I was you're finished. not done. I'm not done. Okay. Yeah, like. So anyway, what about you, Rosie? So Jenica's. I don't know if I can say all of the above, uh, but Jenica, I think is definitely touch, and it's weird because she's gifts, and I'm not a gifter at all, and cheap. not but not necessarily because I'm cheap. Um, I will spend money, but the the act of going out looking for something, picking it, gift like wrapping it, giving it. All of that is not me. I'll I'll give you fifty dollars and be like, go get what you want. But or whatever, you know what I mean. Don't spit it all in one place. Don't crazy. <laughs> I'm talking about as a random gift, not like a, you know, an actual gift gift. But, well, <laughs> but like, I, I will, I will like go get whatever you want. But it's not 
like going through the act of going to get a gift. It's just outside of the realm of where I think. Like you were talking about, it's that's what she expects, and I, I it's hard for me to give it. So I do try to go and do that when I know she wants something, and I'll try to make a big deal. But I'm super not. I'm, I'm not romantic either. So as you guys can see, I, I don't think through things very well. Right, right. So you put your foot in your mouth. Yeah, I, I put my foot in my mouth a lot. I'm not romantic, so the, even the act of gifting the gift is hard for me. Like, I'll just be like, here you go. Like, even proposing to her, it's, it's, it's my proposal story is even horrible, right? So, like, that, and, all right, I'll go ahead and what do that. Yeah. I, 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 so, <laughs> I'm just, I'm bracing myself. It's yeah. not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. You, you don't know it, Mary? It's just different. You know it, don't you? I don't think I do. Oh, okay. So, it, it's, it's different, but, um, so, I, I bought the ring and again Jenica's like a homebody she's very introverted and so she doesn't like attention on her so and I, I actually took that into consideration when I proposed so I was going to do it at home um, and what I did is um, I drugged her so no, <laughs> no I'm just playing well, no, I, I kind of did, did but um, so I take sleeping pills to sleep that, uh, and, you know, and, and what ended up happening was <laughs> One night, I was like, I, I took my sleeping pill and I, and she was really tired from the week or whatever. And I was like, hey, do you want a sleeping pill too? With like the idea of, okay, I'm going to work this plan that I got in my head. So she's like, sure. She takes a sleeping pill. So now she's like super knocked out. I act like I take mine. I don't. And so... Um, I had given her a promise ring. So while she was asleep, I slid the promise ring off and I slid the ring on her finger. And, um, and so when she woke up for like an hour, she's just kind of going about her day because, you know, it's a ring on her finger. She doesn't really think about it. And then I guess she gets up to like actually wash her hands or something. And, um, she looks down and she sees a new ring and she's like, Oh, it's a new ring. And then she looks at me and says, is this my wedding ring? And I was like, if you'll have me, yes. Will you marry me? And uh, and so like she's like yes. So that that was how I proposed to her. Um, so it's not your traditional get on the knee that type of thing, but it was my way of trying to be romantic. And it was so bad that I actually took it to Paris for our five year and re um, reproposed to her because of the horrible proposal that I had. I just told everybody about my horrible proposal. And she comes back in with alcohol. And you drugged her. I, I did drug her, but it was... <laughs> you didn't know Rosie was trash like that before. <laughs> wow. Can you come to the mic and say that? <laughs> Two things. His wife just said he was trash, by the way. One, we need a poll question. Was Rosie's proposal romantic? Thanks. And two, how old were you when you gave her a promise ring? Uh, <laughs> I was what, 27, 8? You buy, you buy promise no. rings at 27? No, it wasn't a he promise was ring. Said, she, wanted, was a promise she wanted a oh, ring. Really? And so I ended up. I had You had a ring on your finger. Yes, why did I ask you for that? Roger said he bought you a promise ring when he was 27. So I just trying to figure it out. He's still alive. But he bought a ring, but I didn't ask for it. It was his choice. <laughs> you liked the ring. Yeah, you heard. Damn it, Roger. <laughs> Roger, go ahead on with your question, bro. Anyway, all right, all right. Welcome back, so, everybody. Yeah, sure. As you guys see, I am horrible at this love language thing. So, anyway. Oh, we got some Alize. Do you what? see what this boy is walking to do? Oh, 
No, don't do not do that. No, don't do that. That does not reflect properly on me. I have like done with due diligence everything to bring him to 2019. My man is that was on the show a few episodes ago. Crash, like like Morris. Just walked in the door with some Hennessy and Alice. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, what, what, what you making tonight? You gotta get some too. Oh man! Oh man! Oh man! Hey man, let's let's pop this bottle. Let's, let's yeah, do it. Yeah. All, right. All right. I'll ask my question while y'all uh, get into that. Yeah. So, uh, let's share everybody. I, I do love you. All right. <laughs> so my question, since we have our spouses in the room, oh Lord, is you should stay away from anything. Anything. <laughs> Right now. But no, I want to hear it now. We're going to verge divorce. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to edit that out too. I know. I know. This podcast is ruining life. It is. It's ruining life, guys. Y'all see what we, we do for y'all. I'm about Jennifer, I promise you, it's 27. <laughs> <laughs> well, he promised himself Jennifer a minute ago. She didn't even know. She didn't know it was a promise ring. So who you want to Promise ring. Well, she wore it on her ring finger, so that's why I call it a promise ring. Stop giving Rosie a hard time. He's giving himself a hard time. Tab taking up Rosie. Yeah, Rosie's her favorite anyway. So we we've known since high school that I have no common sense, right? I have no common sense. This is yes. So all this stuff, like I am socially awkward, just is what it is. Anyway. So, for my question, would you fellas be house husbands? Oh, um. And for the ladies, would y'all let us be house husbands? I want to hear your responses on that. I wouldn't enjoy that. No. <laughs> That's your answer. <laughs> Short and sweet. <laughs> Why not? Um. Even when I, I just, the thought of staying home all day, making sure everything clean and cook, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to get out and be around people and stuff. So that's not for me. What about you, Fer? I don't think so, man. Like, I like to contribute. I like to. Oh, like so you, oh, you say, Al, wow. I like to contribute? <laughs> get him. Get him. Get him. Are we done? <laughs> Like I like to contribute like financially and stuff like that. I'm very big on you know and in mine more so is because I, I have this financial goal for the house. And it's like being able to help get to that quicker. You no, know? no, I understand that. I'm saying if Z was making that financial goal, Z Z her she has a a, a idea, business idea, a new invention, and it takes off. Y'all make a million dollars tomorrow because of it. She's goes, she's going to continue down that road through that. You have the ability to be a stay-at-home husband. Finances out of the way. Could you do it? Are the kids are the kids there? Yeah, the kids still up. I'm, I'm talking as of like next year. Next year, all of a sudden, ZZ hits, hits a big. Let's claim it. Still, I still want to help push the envelope. Like, I, if if we got a, a boost, I still want to push that envelope. Like, now we can reach this goal that much faster. Now, like, if she lands this multi-million dollar, trillion dollar deal, and like, my, <laughs> I'm mad. Slim want to answer this question. 
Y'all tripping. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna stay at the house. I'm gonna cook. I'm gonna clean. I'm gonna get high. I'm gonna get drunk. And when they get home, be towed up. Now, how you gonna do all that if you're high and drunk? I'm doing it on my vacation. <laughs> but what about the kids? You say when they get home, they have the kids at, at the house with you. When they gotta go to school, though. So from eight to three. I'm a functioning addict. <laughs> <laughs> I can do this. Oh, hey. oh Lord. Oh, um, I don't know. What? I, I'm with it. I think I'm with it. Maybe I. It's Haley! I was with it. And Okay, and uh, this is Sherman. Um, uh, back to the question that you asked about being the house husband. And I just wanted to bring a little bit of a different perspective. Um, we spoke about it a few weeks ago, and so most of you know that uh, you know I did almost 17 years in prison. And so then reintegrating back into society wasn't all that easy, despite all of the things I I did to prepare myself. You know, uh, actually getting um, an undergraduate degree and getting all these different certifications. Still, when I came home, it was more so like okay you have this criminal history. And even though I've only been in trouble once and I only have the one offense, even still it's about an offense, it's a very serious offense. And so that just scared employer after employer away. Like I look great on paper, I interview well, but when I, when I got to that point where it, I, where it was either a background check or me just telling them during the interview because I'm gonna be as transparent as possible or maybe even a second interview that okay, this is my background. This is what we have to overcome because I don't ever want to be an issue where it comes up later and costs me a job that I had. Now, all that being said, there was a time for some months where I couldn't find a job. And even when I was still with the halfway house, um, I was coming, well, I was in the halfway house. And like I said, I've been preparing for this day for years and being diligent about preparing for this day to where you know, I'm at the halfway house and I'm out and I'm looking for jobs and I can't get a job anywhere. And I know guys who literally were in my GED class who I helped to get get their GED. They're coming in, they're getting jobs because they only have drug offenses. And I couldn't get a job. So when I actually transitioned from the halfway house to home in Jacksonville with my wife, you know, I was lucky and blessed enough to have a supportive wife who was there and who always, you know, just was encouraging and never discouraging to me. But that being said, you know, there were a few months there where, you know, I wasn't just sleeping on the couch doing nothing, watching TV all day, but I'm at home and she's getting up and going to work every day. And I'm having to watch my wife leave the house and go to work. And I'm sitting at home and I kind of understand what, you know, like what uh, Buck said and how uh, Ferg feels about it in that, you know, that's just not what you want to do. If you are, if you are, uh, a man, and I don't mean to come off like, you know, it's some masculine toxicity of any, or of any kind, but you want to contribute. You want to feel like you're holding down your home and your household and you're supporting your wife and your kids if you have children. And to see your wife get up and leave and go to work every day and you can't contribute, that, that kind of takes something from you. That kind of hurts. But at the same time, um, to answer the question about would, would I mind being a house husband, I kind of feel like because even in those moments, it's like, okay, I'm going to make sure this house is thick and span, that, you know, my wife doesn't have to worry about cooking and what we're going to eat and all these other things because I want to contribute in any way that I can. So if my wife did have just this seven, eight-figure, nine-figure job where she's making all this money and it makes more sense for me to stay home or 
whether that's to raise the kids or to raise, or to raise the kids in the way we want to, mm-hmm. to give them the education and the values and things that we want to or whatever, then I think that's a little bit different than just being, you know, Samuel's version. We're going to just clean up and, you know, choke up. Yeah. Or whatever. I think it's just what's better for the house. Is it more? Would it be more, more of a contribution and more of more value to the home if you stayed at home? I mean, let's just say. And in fact, uh, uh, Tavares and I had this conversation before. We talked about the expense of daycare. So if daycare is costing twenty, thirty, thirty thousand dollars a year, and my job and I, I have a menial job that only pays twenty thousand dollars a year. It may be better for me to stay stay home and raise my kids mm-hmm. versus paying for daycare. And so, anyway, this is a, a point I wanted to make to contribute to the uh, conversation. I ah, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Cool. I, I, and that actually, you said it better than I could because that's where I wanted to go with this. It's, but you also made me consider some things. You know, I think um, hats off to the stay at home uh, wives and mothers or whatever you guys are called these days. I uh, want to be completely politically correct, but it's. But I'm not politically correct. By no, I don't know. For me, because the thing about it is, a lot of times it's a it's it's a decision because it's what's best for the house. You know, it's me staying. Well, my wife gets this crazy opportunity to take a job, but we might even have to move across the country, whatever the case may be. But me wanting to hold on to that that masculinity or whatever for whatever reason is it taken away from my household? And I want always want to be to the point like if the shoe was on the other foot and I asked her to do it what she do and so if I wouldn't do you know like if I wouldn't do the same thing give her the same respect that I would expect her to give me then then I have a problem with myself so if it was the best thing for our family I would do it off the top of my head I wouldn't like it's not my go-to but if it our family truly benefited from it then hey who am I to stand in our way that's just me being selfish so <laughs> so for me Definitely yes. I'm, that is my goal to be a house husband. I'm trying to get Jenica Kimberly off the ground so that she can, uh, you know, go do her thing. I, I, I say that, but I'm probably going to end up being the CEO of the company. She's going to be creative director doing her design thing. She doesn't want to do the business side of it. But if all of a sudden she met some person that was already in the field or there was a company and they like, hey, we want to spin off Jenica Kimberly and they're, they're going to do the business out of it and she's just going to be the creative director and I, there is no place for me in Jenica Kimberly, then I'm cool with staying at the house, raising the kids, taking care of the house. That house is going to be spick and span. Food's going to be on the table. I'm going to learn to cook because I, I cook okay, but I'm going to do it a little bit better. Um, but I'm, I'm cool with that because like you said, Ferg, it's all about what makes sense for the house. And so I never want to discount what a stay-at-home parent is uh, and how much they contribute to the family. But And so I much rather would have a stay-at-home parent. Um, I mean, we have that conversation. Jenica's in school now and she's about to graduate and we've talked about what that looks like after graduation. Does she go get a job? Does she come back and run Jenica Kimberly, but still stay at home and do kind of part-time on Jenica Kimberly uh, or do something that she can do from home, but still at three o'clock, she's there when the kids get out of school and that type of thing. So it's, it's a conversation, a holistic conversation that you got to have. But if she's making all the money and we, we still want that for our kids that somebody's there at two o'clock, 
I'm cool with walking away from Compass Bank or BBVA <laughs> and being that person to be at the house to pick up the kids at three o'clock, to take them to all their stuff, to go to gymnastics, to do all that stuff, um, and let her run that as long as the finances are right. So does insecurity ever come into play at all? You guys would be okay with that? I think you have to have that conversation up front, though. If you know the type of person you are, because in the world we live in, we talk, it's easy to tie finances with security or being a man. Yeah. And so it's not that, um, I honestly believe if my wife gets to the point, I mean, she says all the time, she's like, I'm gonna make more money. I I believe her, you know, because her aspirations, I'm very, I play very safe. Um, but I don't think that would change the dynamics of our household. Like my wife chooses to let me to be, to be the head of our household because of the faith she puts in me, not because of what I bring in. Um, if your relationship is based off of who, who, uh, holds the, the purse strings, then yeah, that might be different, you know, but I don't think it's an insecurity for that part. It would be some adjusting. I'm not going to lie. Like it was like, man, I went from this and now she can do what she want to do, but you know, that's life. So you won't have no Martin and Gina moments? No. no, no. Martin, Martin's like, I'm a man. I, I, I might be upset. I might not be upset, but like, it, it, but then I was like, then I started thinking of how we can take that and run with it and make it take it to a whole other level. Like, okay, if you're doing this, if I know I'm doing this and you're doing this, oh yeah, we're good. Because I'm thinking about retirement and business opportunities and how we're going to um, spend this money and uh, flip it. So and, and, and it's also personalities, right? I mean, there there are some guys that's like, I'm cool with being a house husband and everything because they're not super driven. Like, I've got to be in corporate America. I'm trying to be the CEO and everything like that. They can do that uh, versus somebody that has that mentality of I want to be the CEO. I want to go to work. I want to like be out there. That person is isn't going to be able to be a house husband or you know uh, be a house spouse. Is that that is that the PC word? I like that I, word. Yeah, house, house, house spouse. House spouse. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So before we finish up, ladies, I want to hear from you guys um, on this. Would y'all let your husband be? Because the um, same way we talked about, there's this kind of idea that men should be out working. I know a lot of ladies that's like, nah, my husband's not going to be sitting at the house, you know, hanging out while I'm going to work. Would you pay the bills and everything? So pass it around. This is Jenica. Kimberly. Kimberly. Uh, I'm pretty cool with you being a housewife. Or, no. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <that's fascinating>. <laughs> 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 Nice, you heard that. Yeah, housewife. She already smacks me on the ass. Like, why not? You gotta stop that. You gotta do something about it. So you're definitely the one. Exactly. Thank you. Hey, what's this podcast? We're gonna have intervention with you after this. All right, so this is Sabrina, first wife, and I would 
would be okay with Berg being a house spouse, as Razzy coined it. <laughs> but I would only be willing to do it if it's something that Berg is really happy with, you know. Um, if that's not true to his nature, or if I feel like it'll possibly, I don't know, eat away at him in a certain degree then I feel like it's not as important for him to be a house spouse, you know. I feel like to a certain extent, each of us has to be happy, you know, with who we are <laughs> and our role in our own lives. So if that's not something that is a calling, then I don't think it will be right for our family. That's why gotcha. I rock with you. Yep, yep. Haley, you gonna you gonna you gonna have a house spouse? You gonna you gonna be Haley, what's your major? Kinesiology. Kinesiology? How much money you gonna make? You gonna have your house husband? Uh, I don't know. No. <laughs> you gotta answer on the mic. You gonna have a house husband? Um, well, this is Tabitha. I kind of have to follow behind what Sabrina said a little bit. I'm 100% cool with it. I, I would prefer if he stayed home and did everything in the home if I had the money to cover everything, the, the financial means to do everything myself. It wouldn't bother me. But We can do that now. <laughs> Move out the house and get a little condo. We can do that. Um, but I would want him to be happy with it. Like I don't want any side comments or any type of attitude about it. I would want him to be a hundred percent comfortable with staying home. Would you ever hold it? Would you ever hold it over his head? Yeah, like if we get in an argument, he's like, "Shut your bro." <laughs> Like if you're if if we need the help and you're just choosing to stay home, then that's a problem for me. So in that case, I would probably hold it over his head. Like you know, it's about time for you to find a job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not about to be doing everything by myself. But this situation to where we don't need it. You know, I get a promotion, I do whatever, and he's like, you know what? I'm gonna stay home. And it kind of like what um, Jennifer said too, you know, now that Jasmine's getting older, I definitely want someone to be home when she gets off the bus. With shotguns. So thinking about that and just thinking about the household, it will be okay with me. Nice. I like Leanne. Nice Erica Sherman's wife. I mean, Terrell. Y'all, he has a family name called Terrell. Um, and I would like to comment that uh, in relationships, there are different seasons and there may be a season where um, a husband may have to stay home and hold down that for as the wife, um, you know, pursues the career, especially if her income uh, would afford him the opportunity to hold down that for um, And so when you do that, it's just about exercising everything in the correct spirit. And that the wife is not being domineering and disrespectful um, or emasculating her husband. Um, and a lot of times, you know, wives don't have the choice of if their husbands are going to be home or not. Because, as you know, um, employment for African-American males um, is a, a lot lower than the mainstream population. And if you have a husband that is entering finding employment, even if they're degreed, even if they're, you know, utilize all 10 of their talents, then it can be difficult. So um, 
just give the husband a respect if that's something y'all don't choose to do. But if it's something that you all choose to do, just, you know, see how long that season has to last. And if it's something that the husband is comfortable with, because I can say men do like to provide. And that's why the changes when they are provided versus, you know, if they're not able to. So, cool. All right, quarterback, we're doing one more round or we. Let's let's hit another one. So, I mean, how's how's the crowd feeling? Y'all want to keep going or y'all? So now. <laughs> I don't even know how long we've been recording, but I'm having a blast. It's right at about an hour, so we're right. Oh, we're good. So. Tell who our favorite person is. So my wife can say somebody else in faith. That's the thing. That was so All, right. <laughs> well, it's been fun. Um, this is a rare occasion. We're going to do a two-part episode. So if you're hearing this, we'll come to the close of our our initial part of the episode. So please stay tuned. Listen to us again. Three Brothers No Sense. Remember the uh, six rules of podcast. Hopefully I can remember them. Buff, what are they? He been drinking. I know one of them is listen, comment, subscribe, share, like, like, and listen again. Most importantly, listen again. Yeah. All right, Three Brothers No Sense.